Well, we are really glad that you're here today. It's a special service and a special time. And if you're, uh, if you're new to us, if we haven't had the opportunity to meet, we're so glad that you're, you're here. And there is a special card in the back of the chair in front of you. We would love if you take a couple of seconds to fill that out. And before you leave today, if you stop in the lobby uh, where it says, there's, on the wall it says next steps, there'll be some volunteers out there. We'd love to, we, we got a little gift for you. We'd love to just say hi to just to introduce ourselves to you. And as the guys are uh, taking up the offering, just want to thank you for your generosity. You know, I'm always, I'm always just so excited and amazed at what God does through his people. And last week, we got a little glimpse of that, of just how our generosity makes a difference. If you were here in this service, uh, we talked about uh, the, the, the Christmas bags that we've been collecting and making a difference for a couple hundred families in our community. But in the second service, we got to celebrate that. All the kids came in and brought those, just as a visual, brought all those bags in here one by one. And it was amazing. It took us about 10 minutes for the kids to come in and stack all these bags on the, on the stage. But man, it was a, a moving moment just to be able to see visually. Like this is how much of a difference it makes when God's people are, are faithful in that. So I want to thank you. I wanted to celebrate that and, and uh, just, just say thank you so much to all the help that you guys have given. Now, I uh, also want to just a little housekeeping thing. If you are a member here at Fairdale Christian Church, this is the time of the year that we vote on the annual budget for next year. We also will be voting on uh, elder candidates and deacon candidates. There are ballots out in the lobby. Uh, there's a table in there. If you take one, just take a couple of seconds to vote and drop it in the box, and we appreciate that. We'll have that out for the next couple of weeks. Now, for the seniors, just another little thing, cool thing to celebrate, we had a Christmas luncheon for the seniors here this past Thursday. Anybody, hey, round of applause if you were here. Anybody that was here for that? And it was, it was great. We had, we had a tremendous, tremendous group of people that were here, and it was awesome. So we just thanks to all the volunteers for that. And, and just as a, one more reminder on this, we got a big weekend. If you haven't already, I, all of my Christmas gifts are still at the store, so I got to go pick them up this week. But uh, don't forget about our Christmas service times this next weekend. We're really excited. We've got two Christmas Eve services on Christmas Eve, one at 4 and one at 6 p.m. They're identical services, but we'll be doing candle lighting and singing some great songs, and it'll just you, you won't want to miss it. It's going to be a great service to come and invite your friends and family to be here. And then on Christmas Day, we'll just have one service at 11 o'clock. It will be a different service than what Christmas Eve was. So we want to invite you to be part of that as well. Uh, I know I'm going to be here for sure. It may be cold that morning, but we'll make sure we're ready. We're, the coffee will be hot. So you just come on, celebrate with your family. We want to worship the Lord together on Christmas Day. Now, I've been thinking about these candles that we've been lighting. If you've been hanging with us the last few weeks, we've been going through this little journey of Advent together. And for some of us in our background and our, you know, our upbringing, maybe you were part of a denominational church, and Advent was something that you did Others of us, it was not. And so people have asked, well, what, what is Advent? What's the purpose of it? And, and the word, it just simply means arrival. It is taking a moment to just remember what are the things that arrived with Jesus when he came to the earth. And so every week we've, we've talked about a topic and we've lit a candle. We've talked about, we started off talking about hope. That when Jesus came, he also brought hope. And then he brought peace and of course, last, last week, if you were here, we know that he, he brought love. And this week, 
we're going to talk about this candle. It's kind of unique because all of these, the three purple candles, they represent his royalty. And then you got this one red or sometimes they're pink. And it just kind of stands out by itself. It's like, why, why is it different? And this wild candle here represents joy. So I want to go ahead and light these candles today. Again, remembering that when Jesus came, he brought with him hope for all of mankind, peace, love, and joy. I love that the the joy candle stands out because joy stands out. And uh, here's something I, I had a thought for you just to make it kind of stick a little bit, is that joy is bold. You just know it when you, when you see a person that is filled with joy, there's just something so special about them that's different. I think the majority of the world, we're, we're joyless. You know, we're, we're pretty unhappy, miserable. There's a lot of misery and darkness in the world, but there's something about joy that stands out. And, and, and I had a thought this week that I wanted to kind of settle in with us for a few minutes. Has it ever... Has it ever struck you, have you ever thought about the fact that the Christmas story took place at night? You know, I I know we kind of see that like in movies or we think about Christmas lights. You know, you only see them at nighttime, right? I mean, you can leave them on all day if you want. You're just going to run up your electric bill. But you really don't notice them unless it's dark out. And, And, you know, there are things... When we get into traditional things, sometimes, you know, it, it gets a little further away from what actually happened. And yet, when it comes to the Christmas story, it absolutely 100% took place at night. And we, we know that because uh, when you read the book of Luke, the angels came to the shepherds while they were guarding their flock at night. The wise men, the magi, uh, when they looked and they saw a star, well, when would they have been able to clearly see that? It would have been at night, in the dark. The Christmas story happens in the the darkness, and I think there's a a spiritual reason to that. Because if you think about daylight, and if that's kind of representing or meaning that all is right in the world, and the Bible uses that analogy. You look at places like Psalm 30 that that says, uh, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's kind of this idea, this thought that in, in the daytime when the light is out, that, that it's, everything is, is better. But at night, you know, it's dark and it's, there's tension. So, so if, if daylight means that everything is right in the world and darkness represents turmoil and tension, well then, where do you think our world is right now? Are we in the daytime? Are we, to, to me, I don't think you have to look very far in your news feed to see that there's a lot of, of darkness and despair. And the Bible makes it very clear that there is a, a, a level of darkness to the world. It appears to be trending more and more toward that direction. And so the concept of joy is kind of a rebellious thing. It stands out. It's different. It, it's it feels different. It's, it's defiant, and it's a, it's a bold virtue in a dark, joyless world. And I'm, I think about some of the darkness that some of us are walking through right now. Some in this room. You're walking through the, the darkness of divorce. And it was never your intention to be one of those statistics. To be, to, to be a person whose marriage didn't last a lifetime. That's not what you wanted. That's not what you signed up for. It wasn't your plan. And yet, 
here it is, and this is the reality of the situation you find yourself in. You're walking in the darkness of divorce, or some others are walking through the darkness of depression. And that wasn't part of the plan either. I, you know, when you were a kid, you think about all the good times that you had, and you seemed like you were so carefree and happy-go-lucky. And now, as a grown-up, you've got grown-up problems, and you find it just difficult to get out of bed and face reality often, oftentimes. Or maybe others of us were living in the darkness of diagnosis. If something is wrong inside of our body that we have no control over, there's nothing I can do about it, but there it is. And so there's questions, and there's doctor's visits, and there's appointments, and there's questions, and there's wondering, and there's what ifs, and what next. Some of us are going through the darkness of distraction because there's been a job loss. You thought everything was going fine, and yet the company, through no fault of your own, there's downsizing, and you, you are affected by that. So now what? Or maybe there's a distraction of sickness. And others of us we're going through right now the, the darkness of death. You know, they say that the most difficult season, the most difficult time when you've lost a loved one is when you face the holidays. You look at Thanksgiving, you look at Christmas, and now with all of our traditions and all of our routines and the, the memories that we make, now there's an empty, empty seat at the table. And that first Christmas, they say, is the hardest every time. But I don't know if it gets a whole lot easier to look at that empty spot. And it feels dark. And, and there is that, that feeling of, I, I'm trying to reach out and stabilize myself, but I feel like everything is shifting and shaking around me. Oftentimes there is darkness in our life. But I believe that there is something in the Christmas story there is something in the advent of joy that, that can penetrate the night of our world, that shines light even in those dark places, those, the, the darknesses that we are walking in and living in. There's something about it that shines a light. 500 years before Jesus was born, these were the words that were used by the prophet Isaiah saying, hey, a Messiah is going to come, someone is going to... to to show up that's going to save you. It says in Isaiah 9 verse 2, the people who walk in darkness, they will see a great light. You're not going to live in darkness forever. For those who live in a, in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. There is just this, there's just this hopefulness there, there, that there is coming a day when light is going to break through. That's why I love, I love the, the way that that is worded and what that means to us, that those who live in a land of deep darkness, I feel that, I have felt that. When I'm in the, the deep darkness, the good news is a light will shine. You know, in our nativity scene, there's one character that gets a lot of attention. You got baby Jesus laying in there. Of course, he's cute, and all the kids want to, you know, move him around or whatever. I was, uh, I was having lunch this past week with uh, Don and Kathy Osmus of our church invited the staff to come over to their house, and they, uh, they made a, a great meal for us. It was, it was really wonderful. But th they had this, this really nice nativity scene that uh, they got over the years. A, a family member had, had uh, made it by hand, poured the, the you know, it was porcelain, they poured the thing into molds and hand-painted it. But every year they got like another piece. So it took years to get this entire nativity scene 
And uh, the baby Jesus, it's kind of a family tradition there that every time one of the, the family comes over, they take baby Jesus and do something goofy with him. So sometimes he's riding the camel. Other times he's, you know, stuffed in the Christmas tree somewhere. Uh, I wanted to do something with it, but I thought that might be sacrilegious if the preacher messed with the baby Jesus. <laughs> I just left it alone. But Jesus, Jesus gets a lot of attention. But there's another, there's another character I think we put a lot of spotlight on, and that's, that's Mary. We all, we all know Mary, but we kind of gloss over some of her story. You know, we pretty it up. But she would have been a young teenager at this time, and she would have been an unwed young teenager who is expecting a baby, pregnant, uh, which in her day would not have put her in a very good position. She could have been stoned for that. I mean, this is, this is serious. And she most likely grew up poor working class family. Uh, you couldn't have found, if you think about the landscape at the time, you probably couldn't have found a more vulnerable person than her. Young girl in poverty, uh, not, much, not many rights afforded to her. It wasn't like there was a, a lot of opportunities available, especially, especially at her age and in her position. And in this Christmas story, we know that she has had this great moment when the angel says, you know, greetings, the Lord is with you. You'll conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. And after that moment, she went to her relative's house, her aunt, Elizabeth. And God's word says this crazy thing happened. In Luke 1, it says, at the sound of Mary's greeting. So she just walks in the house. She walks into Elizabeth's house and says that Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And Elizabeth gave a glad cry. I think about moments. You ever, you ever see like uh, when somebody videos a birth announcement, like we're going to go over to mom and dad's house, and we got a little gift, and, they're gonna, and there's like little baby booties in there with the little ultrasound picture, and you got the mom that just starts screaming and jumping, ah! you know, screaming, they're hugging, they're crying, it's just sort of funny, you know, watching that. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I envision here. So she, she gave this glad cry, and she exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. You see, we forget that at this time, Mary would certainly have known. She'd heard all the prophecy. She was, she was raised in that. She knew that, that someday a, a Messiah was going to come. And she knew how it was going to, that he would be born through a virgin, although wasn't sure how that was going to take place. And so the fact that she recognizes, it's me. God has chosen me of everyone in all of human history. This is, this is going to happen through me. And, and she says, why am I so honored, Elizabeth said, why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. And this has happened, and it says next that Mary kind of breaks out into a song. You know, I don't know if it's like a Broadway thing or what exactly happened. If you, if you grew up Catholic, uh, you may know this next part as Mary's Magnificat. Uh, that's, the, that's the Latin for the first thing that she says. That she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. She has this bold joy in her life. She recognizes something incredible is happening. And here's what God's word says. Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. 
How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. And there's so much that we could unpack in, in those verses. But I, I just want to make a couple of quick observations. I hope we'll... I hope it will be meaningful for you today. The first is this, is we have joy because God has overlooked the darkness of our past. We may be walking through some really difficult things, but one thing that, that brings us all together is everyone, there's, there's, not a, there's not a perfect person in this room. Matter of fact, there's not a good person in this room. None of us are, are good. You compare us to God's standard. We've fallen so, so far short of the bar. And that's the great news about forgiveness and, and grace. The, the best news about Christmas, that Jesus came to save his people from their sins. Verse 47 and 48, Mary said, How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. The word rejoice, literally, it means to leap. She's saying, she's saying I, I leap for joy. I'm leaping for joy because God chose to engage with me. I didn't do anything to cause this, but he chooses to engage with me. This plan of redemption for the world. What God is doing in the world, this big thing, includes me. And then, then she says, he took notice of his lowly servant. Other translations say, he, he saw my humble estate. It, it can be translated as, as vile or sinful. Mary was saying, what, what really what we all should be saying, is that why would God want to have anything to do with someone as vile and as sinful as I? And here's the deal. This is, should be a great cause of joy for us. Mary, Mary knew her past. And I think she was had to have been a wonderful person, a faithful a faithful young lady. And yet she refers to herself this way. Look, he he saw me. He 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 saw his lowly servant girl, the 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 sinful person that I have been. He he seen me. And I I may not know what's causing you pain today. I may not know what uh your your past has been like what's you know what's tucked away in your history but i do know one thing that god wants to be present and he wants to be active in your life even though you've got a backstory and even though there's a history there and there's some skeletons in the closet some things that you want to keep hidden away that you you hope never fall out even with those things god still wants to engage with you he offers you grace and forgiveness that's why the that's why the angels came to the shepherds that's why they said we bring you good news that's going to cause great joy for all people because a Savior has come for us. And here's something I really hope you'll remember this week. Hopefully this will speak to you. 
You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. You do not have to understand. So you may be walking in things right now that don't make sense and they don't add up. You do not have to understand what's happening to trust and to know that God has a purpose. Mary said, God has taken notice of me. He has, he has seen me. He's choosing to engage with me. And then she says this, for the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. I was talking to, uh, it's funny when I come here on Sunday mornings, I know what I'm going to be speaking about and I've prepped all week and, and yet I'll, I'll show up here and somebody will say, hey, let me tell you a story of something that happened to me this past week that goes right exactly along with what I'm getting ready to talk about. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this story. I was talking to Rodney James. He, he pulled me aside this morning about 10 minutes before we started service. Hey, do you have a minute for me to tell you a story? And uh, he said, this week I was, I was out, and he said, I, I have a, a bunch of keys that I keep on a lanyard at, for work, and it's really important stuff, you know, not something you'd want to lose. And he said, I was at a, went to the store and got back and, and realized I didn't have my keys with me anymore, and I'm just freaking out, like, what, what happened, you know? So I'm calling the store that, that he, he's calling the store he was at, saying, have you found them? They said, no, nobody's turned anything in. And he said, well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in there anyway and just kind of retrace my steps a little bit and see. So he, he goes back to the store, and he's walking all over the place, and he can't find his keys. And he's, he's just panicking and thinking, why? Why is this happening? And, uh, and so he goes and gets in line at customer service. And there's somebody in front of him that's taken a, a long, long time. Just, just stretching it out with too many questions, you know, whatever. And so he's standing there just like, oh, I don't have time for this. You know, what's going to happen? And he's just, why, God? Why? Why am I, you know, having to do this? He said, I, I met a, a guy in line. His name was John. And he just sort of struck up a conversation with me. He's talking about how he just, he'd beaten cancer. And he'd, he'd been through these other health challenges and, just got some, some family stuff that's been going through, but just kind of just making some small talk. And there's a moment that came that Rodney said, I just kind of felt something. Like, I just kind of felt like I'm, I need to say something to this guy. And so he said, I, I just told him, he said, hey, I just want you to know, I, I really appreciate you, you talking to me. I'm kind of having a bad day, but I want you to know I'm going to absolutely be praying for you. I know you've been through a lot of stuff, and I, I really appreciate you talking to me. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be praying for you. And this guy was, was touched. He said, man, I really appreciate that. I can use all the prayers that I can get. And Rodney said, I promise you, I absolutely will be praying for you this week. He said, I just thought that was kind of a cool thing. And he said, and I get back in the car and I thought, now wait a minute. I just left somebody else's office. I think I handed them my keys. He said, I called the guy. I said, by any chance do you have my keys? He said, yeah, they're sitting here in my office. Been here since you left them here, Rodney. He said, oh. And anyway, he's telling me the story. He's like, you know, the whole thing, the whole time I'm, I'm wondering, why do I have to go through this? Why didn't God prompt me to remember where I left my keys to begin with? Why did I have to go through the agony and the worry and the stress and everything else? And he said, and I realized, and Rodney's telling me the story, tears in his eyes. He said, I realized it was for John that God had a purpose for me, that he wanted me to meet this man that I could be praying for and lifting him up in my thoughts and prayers before the Lord. And, you know, that's, that's the, the thing that's so true for us. As we go through life, some things that are big, some things that seem like minor inconveniences, we, we may not understand what's going on in the moment. We may not understand the plan, but we can absolutely trust 
God always has a purpose. And he chooses to engage with you and me. He chooses to use us. That's what Mary's saying. The mighty one is holy. He has done great things for me. It's a great verse. But again, can we just take a, just a second to remember the context in which she says these words? Mary doesn't know the end of the story. She has no idea what's going to happen. In fact, at this point, she still has a fiancé who is planning to break things off with her because he doesn't believe her story. She's a young, unwed teenage mother-to-be in a culture that would not have been very accepting of her circumstances at all. Every part of her life has been turned upside down. You talk about inconvenience. You talk about interruptions. And how can she say God has done great things for me? We, we understand it because we're looking at the story in reverse. We know what happened, and so we're looking at it backward. We know that an angel will appear to Joseph and tell him, hey, don't be afraid to take her home as your wife. This is good stuff, and they're going to go to Bethlehem. And yes, there's no room for them, and that seems uncomfortable. But we know that it's, 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 it's all good. It's all good because that's part of what we celebrate. We got our nativity scenes at home. So I know it was inconvenient for you, but it's great for us, and we remember it, and the star will be there, and the shepherds will show up, and the magi are gonna, they're going to be looking for you. All this great stuff is coming, but not in that moment. Proverbs 19, 21 is a great verse to remember. It just simply says, you can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Mary and Joseph's plans are wrecked. There's going to be time, times in your life when you feel like your plans are not working out, and you feel disappointed with God, and you wonder if he even sees you. I just want you to know, and this is what I love about the advent of joy, the arrival of joy, the, the bold candle that stands out just defiantly, just showing off. You may not understand the plan. Remember that God has a purpose. There's joy in that. I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't understand why this has to be painful. But remember, he is up to something in the middle of what seems like chaos. He's still moving. There's a line in the song that the kids sang a, a few moments ago. It said, then rang the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. Your world might seem turned upside down right now. But joy is right here. God has not left you. He is not dead, nor does he sleep. Mary said it like this. She said, his mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. So in the middle of your, of your pain and disappointment today i hope that you know you have a great cause for joy you don't have to understand the plan at this present moment to trust in god's purpose because mary and joseph had a plan they had plans they were making plans but god had a purpose and you you were that purpose think about that Mary and Joseph's plans were turned upside down because of the purpose of God, which was you. 
He had you in mind. He had me in mind. That's just how much he loves us. So in the middle of our pain, I pray that you find good news that will bring great joy because a Savior has been born. His name is Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. We pray for us. Father, I thank you that you have seen us and you love us. You know the darkness in our life and you know you know the pain. You know the, the, the struggle. And yet you choose to engage with us. You still choose to use us right where we are. Lord, help us to seek you. Help us to continue to pursue you. Help us to turn away from our wicked ways. And find restoration in Jesus. I thank you for the joy of this season. I thank you for the joy that comes into our lives when we have accepted Christ as our Savior. May we never take that for granted. And I ask all this in his precious name. Amen. I want to invite you to stand with us. We're going to sing one last song. And today, if you need to talk to somebody about this relationship with Christ, I want to invite you, don't, don't leave without being in a right relationship with Christ today.